Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for February 2024. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how you doing today? Good. Uh, you know, uh, as you know, I got here a little early today. Some yeah. some days it seemed like I'm barely squeaking in here, but you actually we actually got here before I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so so I had a little. We had a little extra time to just visit a little bit. So thankful for that. The weather's perfect here. Yep. Right now it's 70 degrees and partly sunny. It was kind of a beautiful day. Uh, so pretty good mood. Ready to uh, have a good live show tonight. Absolutely. Now, Tim, I'm going to put on my meteorologist hat here real quick and tell you that there is a low-pressure front coming in from the <laughs> north that's going to cool us down here in about a week or so. So well, of course. enjoy the nice weather while we have it, for sure. Right. It's still wintertime. It's Texas, yeah. but it's still winter. Well, you know, in Texas, we get all four seasons just usually in one week. Exactly. And so, you know, we, we just had snow a couple weeks ago yes. and ice, uh, so glad that that's moved on. Uh, but we're thankful that you're here, even if you are in a blizzard or snow or some tropical place. We, I know we got some one one guy tonight from Australia. Yep. So I bet it's a little warmer there. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, uh, thankful that you're here tonight. And we do want to remind you that if you want to interact with us during the show, you can do that in the live chat. If you're watching live tonight, we will be picking that up. And Tim, we have quite a bit of people there already, so I can go through. Now, before we even started the show, Rob gave us kind of an update. And if you remember from the last show, Rob had a Unico 19-inch I think he was having some problems with. Yeah. And so we had given him some recommendations, but he came back and said, I unfortunately have to work for the show, so he's going to miss tonight's show. Uh-huh. But he wanted to update us and say that the new board didn't work, so they sent him a whole new one, and now he's up and running. So awesome. Unico apparently send him a whole new unit which is great so tim um the unico units seem to have mixed reviews so far but it does mm-hmm. sound like their support is decent enough at least to get you a replacement if you need one so uh hopefully you guys are are having good experiences with your unicos if not uh maybe you need to contact support and see if you can get that taken care of but tim i am excited because um the 26 inch specifically looks like a really great replacement right for 25 inch crt monitors and so. we've mentioned it and thank you rob if you're still here or you watching this later for updating us always like to hear updates. Absolutely. Because sometimes it's, it's nice to know what the fix was. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're giving our best guess on most times or the educated guess we try. But, you know, there's a thousand things sometimes that something could be. So 
when he comes back and says, and to hear that their customer support is pretty good and they took care of him is a plus too. Yeah, and they're still trying to get their feet underneath them, I think, with these monitors. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they have some experience doing some of the like pre-built arcade cabinets. I think the Neo Geo is attributed to them, Tim, in particular. But they may still be getting their feet wet as far as some of the support things. So we're going to hope that they get all that ironed out very soon and uh, and get you know everything to where it's shipping properly and working when it arrives. So... Uh, Tim, we have Angelina here tonight in the live chat. We have Millstar Electronics. We have the real Hammer Billy Lee, and he says it's the first th Thursday of the month, and you know what that means, Tim. Arcade Repair Tips live show, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, das Ham is here. We've got YouTube Punk here in the live chat. We've got Joe Flores is here. He says a great year, 1984. Yeah, so so uh, Tim, that's, how long ago was that? That's been a been a couple years. Uh, maybe <laughs> I uh, think four decades was... ago. I know somebody was saying uh, in six years, the 80s will be 50 years ago. That's right. That uh, sounds not true, but <laughs> 1984 was my favorite year. There I you will go. say that much. And then uh, we also have Alan here as well, and he says hello. So, Tim, we have a lot of people in the live chat, and we want to thank you guys for watching with us tonight. Hopefully, we have a, hopefully, I think we have a good show for you. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy it. And again, if you do have anything to interact with, with us in the live chat with, please let us know. Phaser58 also says howdy, Tim. Hello, everybody. Thank y'all for being so already. We got a lot of chatter going on in there. Uh, thank you for shouting out. Uh, sometimes this. I love it when people tell where they're from, too, because yep. it's always neat to see uh, all the different parts of the world mm -hmm. that we get um, viewers from. So thank you all for being here. So, Tim, before we get started into all of the outline stuff and questions and things, you brought like a stack of stuff uh, <laughs> yeah. with you today. I'm going to pull it show. out. Yeah, so... Um, Tim, now I've given Tim arcade shirts for If you've watched, If you've been a, a fan time. of the show, you know that on my birthday, Christmas... Uh, just several times throughout the year, Jonathan is really good about giving me T-shirts. If you're also a longtime fan of the show, you will also if you go back to the first episode, you'll notice that I am slightly bigger than I used to be, yeah. <laughs> which happens, happens I think us, with age, and I think uh, the job that I do now, I'm not so much on my feet. I'm working on it, but at the same time, uh, there were just a lot of T-shirts that uh, I could lo no longer wear. Some of them have been worn maybe once. Some a lot of them we wore during the live shows, uh, so I just kind of cleaned out the closet and come up with a stack of arcade. They all have some kind of arcade theme. I think there's a Mr. Gaddy shirt you might remember when I worked there. Uh, some retro type looking shirts, right? New stuff. So what we're gonna do is we were we are going to give these away for free, but um, you have to pay for shipping if you want one. And if you're interested, so they're all extra large to two XL. Right. So if you are extra large to 2XL, if you will send an email to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and if you will uh, <sighs> just say you want a shirt and how many and what size. So Because I will ship more than one to somebody. Not more than probably three, though. So, uh, But if you're interested, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Say you want one, one of Tim's shirts, how many you want, what size you want. And I'll get you a shipping quote and we will ship these to you. I... The shirt is free. The shipping, you'll have to pay for. Yeah. So, but they are free shirts, technically. But we thought it'd be nice to give them away. Most of these are in very good condition. Some of them were some of them were worn on the show maybe once or twice. Yes. So. Most uh, very slightly used. Game-worn jerseys uh, is what they are. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> Are you going to sign them on request? Yeah, is that that, on request. <laughs> on, on request. request. <laughs> uh, I will say that I might have saw Patrick Mahomes play while I was wearing a couple of those oh, jerseys. <laughs> uh, but no, but he didn't wear any of them. But anyway, um, we just thought, you know, I could donate them to Goodwill, which, uh, but maybe some of you guys might appreciate. Uh, we got a lot of comments, Jonathan, oh, yeah, about our shirts. shows, our shirts that we wear, and I still have plenty more. 
Uh, so no worries. Thank you, Jonathan, for keeping me stocked up all these years. You got a birthday coming up, too. Just having to be realistic that I, it may be a time to do a little closet cleaning out and thought some of you might could, if you wear... Uh, are, are they washed? Everybody's asking. Oh, yes. I, I was about to say, I'm pretty sure you washed them. Guys. They're definitely washed. Um, I, I really don't... I don't even know if any of them have any holes or anything. Very gently worn. Most of them I just wore... I don't wear out. I just wear during the live show and then put them up. And then you have so many that... You guys go back and watch the live shows. It's very, probably not even common that I wear the same shirt. So a lot of them have only been worn a few times. So anyway, if you're interested, and uh, shipping has gotten so high, we just can't pay for the shipping. But if you'll pay for shipping, we will ship some and, and uh, hook you up. Yeah, so um, what size you wear? Either an XL or 2XL. Those are the ones we have. How many you want? One, two, or three. If you just want one, that's fine. One, two, or three. I'll get back to, and give me your address as well. I'll get back to you with a shipping quote of how much it'll cost, and then you just pay the shipping, and we're good. So that's all it takes. So if you are, are interested, there you go. Uh, you know, so free shirt, shipping and handling not included. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. If I don't mind shipping like two or three of them to one person, obviously we want yeah. them to go to Come somebody by, who's going to in. wear them, and, and yeah. we know you guys will if you order them. So. Well. Uh, Tim, while we were talking, though, we got a couple other people here in the live chat with us. Encore MPW is here. Brian is here from Pixel Planet Arcade in Kentucky, Tim. Nice. Uh, let's see. And Joe is from Detroit. He says he's working a second shift at GM in Detroit. Nice. Uh, let's see. Who else we got here? Jumping General is here. And he says he's late to the party, but no, you're always right on time here, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, well, we just mentioned the shirt thing. So again, questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com if you're interested in one of Tim's free shirts, minus shipping and handling. And we'll get you quotes for those. Tim, I think we're all caught up on the live chat. I think we've discussed the shirts and we've discussed the weather. So why not get into some questions? Sure. Now? Isn't this the part of the show where we do that? That's right. Okay. You just have to remind me sometimes. <laughs> you know, I don't always know. So the first question we have here tonight, guys, is from Andre. So I'll go ahead and... Oh, wrong. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Again, not good with the mouse tonight either, apparently. So our first question is from Andre. And Andre asks, Hi, I have two games that are not working. A Pac-Man cocktail table and a Simpsons arcade game. The cocktail table is missing a power cord. The Simpsons game makes noise but shows no display. Any assistance or advice would be appreciated. Andre. Now, Tim, we've got Andre here. And you will notice the pictures that he sent in look a little different than maybe your traditional arcade cabinets, correct? Right. Okay, so what are we looking at here, Tim? What can we do to get Andre all fixed up with what he has here in his... Um, and actually, I believe... Um, I kind of cut out the first part of the email here. But I believe he said he inherited these when he bought a house. Oh, okay. So he bought a house and these were inside. And so technically, they're free to him. Which right. means that he doesn't have to worry about paying for them. But they don't work. Okay. So what can he do in order to get both of these working? Well, we knew sooner or later we would start getting questions about these. Yeah. And uh, let's be honest, um, these are arcade one-ups. Everybody in the chat room, I'm sure, knows that, and probably most of you watching that. And that's okay. We want to help him, though, because, um, you know, they are a type of arcade game, and they do break down mm -hmm. the stuff that goes wrong with them. First, first one's pretty simple. He said that it didn't have a power cord. Right. Well, you know... What do we say at Arcade Repair Tips? Always start at power. If yep. you got no cord, you got no way to play. Right. So, but they're pretty standard power uh, cord. Uh, you could contact Arcade One Up directly, or buy a replacement from an online retailer, just like Amazon or eBay. And, and I'm going to stop you right there. I actually put a link to one down in the show description. So there's one on Amazon that specifically yes. says that it works with, with the cocktail cabinet. Okay, good. And so you should be able to order that. I think it was thirty bucks. 
So, I mean, it's not that much out of pocket to get a replacement. You can order that one or you can get one from eBay or you can contact Arcade1Up like Tim mentioned. Okay, right. continue. And then the second one, it sounds like a monitor issue just like we have with a lot of stand-up arcades like the ones behind us. So, you know, we can remove the metal box that contains a game board and check the connections. That's what we want to do first because we want to make sure it's not just a connection. Also, that the power is getting to that. Now, remember, am, am I correct, Jonathan? These have a switcher in them, kind of that a step down. Right. It's Well, it's kind of, it's actually a brick. So yeah, brick. it's a power brick standard that I think just puts out 12 volts. And so, I mean, when you hook it up, it's just 12 volt power there. But inside of that metal box is a connector that will go straight to the monitor from that game board. And so you right. wanna, if you take off that metal box on the back of the monitor, you want to make sure that that connector that's going to the monitor, which look, it's like um, a little connector. And I'll show a picture here in a second. It's, it's a, it's, ribbon style but it's it's like five or six individual wires and it's a white connector there you just want to make sure it's not always white i shouldn't say that mm -hmm. you just want to make sure that that is connected properly to the to that game board because if it's not the monitor won't be getting power now it's possible your monitor went out completely um if it did you can either get another arcade one up monitor that's compatible or you can get like the um you can get the little converter boards that go to HDMI, and then you can use pretty much any monitor you want. And so those are kind of your options as far as, like, checking the monitor on an arcade. Yeah, and it's goes. probably, for the cost, you could probably just get the replacement monitor from yeah, them. exactly. It, that's probably what I would recommend. If the connection's good, if the voltage going to it is good, you're still not getting power. That's what I would recommend, Andre. Absolutely. So, Tim, let me go ahead and put this up here, and let's take a look at what we got. So both of these cabinets are home use arcades made by Arcade One Up. In order to get a replacement power supply for your Pac-Man cocktail cabinet, you can either contact Arcade One Up directly, like we mentioned, or you can buy a replacement online online from a retailer such as Amazon or eBay. The specs for the power supply should be listed on the Arcade One Up sticker. And Tim, I've actually got where that sticker is located. So if you're on the one player side of the cabinet, mm -hmm. it's down below that, and it should have voltage, and it should also have. Um, it should also have the amps as well. Now, with that said, again, the one we linked to down below in the show notes for this should for work for that cocktail. I think yeah. it's 3 amp. I think it's a 12 volt 3 amp. So um, it should work specifically for the cocktail if you're looking for a replacement. Like I said, around 30 bucks. Um, as for the Simpsons cabinet, it does sound like you're having a monitor issue. You can try removing the metal box that's on the back of the monitor. It's actually mounted there with two screws. And then make sure that the game board is hooked up properly to the monitor. So like I said, there I think there's a ribbon cable that contains the actual like pinouts for it, kind of like the the um the input connector and then there's another one that contains the voltage and so you want to make sure that both of those are hooked up it, really if you see any loose connectors in there you need to find where they go all i will right. tell you that there should be no loose connectors in there um just based on all of the arcade one-ups that i've seen anyway yep. so i mean all of them ha all the connectors inside should have a place to go um and you want to make sure uh tim this happens a lot on like laptops and things that that power the little power input where you're plugging in the power supply make sure that that little input um uh, socket is soldered correctly to the board because if that comes loose or wears over time then obviously you won't get power to the board so um you know always start power is something we always say so that's always something that you should check but also check the the input connector and the power connector for the monitor inside of that little metal box that's mounted to the back of the arcade monitor tim mm -hmm. do you have anything else to say before we move on from Andre's well question? if all that is correct and we do know that it is a monitor issue. Of course, you could open it up and try and see if there's caps and stuff, but I, our recommendation is at that point, just replace it. They're not that expensive. And I mean, unless your soldering skills are just significant, it's probably got a lot of uh, surface mounted chips and things very tiny. 
I don't know that it'd be worth the no. trouble. It's not like uh, a Wells Garner chassis where you could really get to everything and pull those parts off. They're very small. Um, could it be done? Yes. Uh, would it be worth looking into? Maybe if you just want to fool with something like that. But our recommendation is just go ahead and replace the monitor. And there's a lot of people who are modding their arcade one-ups. And so there is a, a pretty nice supply of monitors like on eBay and places like that. If you can't get one directly from Arcade 1-Up. Tim, Arcade 1-Up doesn't always stock the parts that you need when you contact support. But a lot of times they will. We've had them ship us stuff before with no problems. But if for some reason you can't get one from Arcade 1-Up or or you just want to check out the eBay market, it may be worth it just because of the people who mod them. A lot of times when they do the mod, they'll make they'll put a bigger monitor inside of it if they're doing like a PC-based or a Raspberry Pi-based mod. Yeah. And so they'll take the old monitor out and then they'll sell it on eBay or wherever. But so, the fact you got them for free. Yeah. You know, you could not spend less than $200, you could get them both going. Absolutely. So, for sure. So, Andre, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting those arcade one-ups up and running. Hey, hey, I mean, anything you get for free, right? I mean, that's yeah. a good deal. I mean, even arcade one-ups, right, Tom? I dug one out of the trash. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you got one free, so there you go. But uh, still cool. I still think they're cool. They're still fun to play. I know they're not original hardware or anything like that, but, you know, my kids have a blast with them. So, yeah. there you go. Tim, I'm going to go back over to the live chat for here for just a second. It looks like um, Delusional's Arcade is here, Tim. Hey, Dale. So he's here as well, and I think that's everybody. And Brian says, smash that like button. We would greatly appreciate it if you would do that, for sure. If you would like to smash that like button, do it, please, because uh, all of that is appreciated. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but uh, again, just so glad to have everybody here tonight, Tim. I feel like we've, um, I, I feel, I don't know, it feels a long, like a long time, but at the same time, I think next month's going to be longer, right? Right, we've got a few weeks in between. Right, but... exactly. Oh, YouTube Punk says, does the Mr. Gaddy's t-shirt have Arcade Daddy on it? No. No, okay. <laughs> I will sign it for you, though, and write that on there. Um, <laughs> no, it just says Mr. Gaddy's is white Hang with on. red lettering, no, I think. Now i got to dig it out real quick. Yeah, yeah, now now you got to see out. it. Uh, there's a lot of shirts here, but it's not that many. So, here you go. Yeah, well... says, um... I'm just here on. for the pizza. Here, for, I'm here for the pizza. And, and Mr. Gaddy's on the front. Yeah. And Tim will sign it if you put that in your request. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so for those of you guys who weren't here earlier, um, Tim is we're we're giving away some of Tim's arcade shirt collection, but you have to pay shipping and handling for it. So if you would like a extra large or two XL shirt, uh, you can send an email to questions at arcaderepairtips.com with the size, how many you want, one between one and three, and your address, and I'll get you back a shipping quote, and we'll ship them out to you. The shirts probably, are free. The shipping and handling is extra. yeah, probably eight out of ten are extra larges. Yeah, that's why thus. Uh, you know, I've gained a lot of muscle. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there we go. Uh, and YouTube Punk says, I'm just here for the arcade. So there <laughs> yeah. we go. Well, maybe just for the tips. And with that said, Tim, let us move on to the next question from Steven, right? So here yeah. we go. Hey, mates, I have a scratch-built cabinet with new original parts ordered from America that has a TV tube paired with a universal chassis. Uh, I live in Australia, so we didn't get any Nintendo cabs, but I have a faithful reproduction minus the Sanyo monitor. I will be playing a game, and all of a sudden my screen will scroll left or right and suddenly stop and go back to normal. On some occasions, it lasts too long, so I will turn the vertical hold to the left to get it to stop as I assume it's losing sync. A few times I've had to go all the way to the left to get it to stop. I'll play the rest of the game, but the next time I turn on the cab, it won't sync until it's back to the position it was in the day before, and the process feels like it's repeating all too often. This will happen with both a Donkey Kong PCB or a 60-in-1 Chinese PCB, Tim, so it doesn't okay. matter the board. The chassis is a Waya C2420HR. So far, I've checked all the connections, I've changed the remote board for the controls with a known good one, so the issue uh, remains, so it's not 
Probably not the pots. Okay. The picture looks amazing. The chassis is pretty much brand new, only a year of use. If you have any ideas, I'd love to hear from you, but I understand the complexity of trying to diagnose something you can't see. Regards, Stephen. And I appreciate that last statement, Tim, because there is right. complexity in not seeing things. For I, sure. I think that's something that we do take for granted sometimes, which is why we appreciate it when you send us pictures, right? Exactly. So like Andre, if we just would have taken his Simpsons and his Pac-Man cocktail, if we didn't have the pictures, Tim, we may we have wouldn't have known there were one-ups. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes a difference. So if you can send pictures, we do appreciate it. Um, video is a little bit more difficult because a lot of times like our email client will block that but if you do have video upload to youtube send us a link something like that a lot of times we can get it that way so tim we have steven here and he's got kind of a fully custom built nintendo cab which is pretty cool right uh, except for it doesn't have a sanyo monitor in it it has a waya chassis monitor right. in it and so what's happening is that it's like a vertical hold it's just not holding Right? right? It's like sometimes it holds, sometimes I gotta turn it this way, turn it that way, whatever, 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 and like I can get it to hold sometimes, other times I can't. So, um, what do you think is going on with Steven's Waya chassis? Well, a lot of frustration. I can see it and I can hear it in that because, you know, it's like he can get it to work and he plays some games and the next day you gotta go back where. Well, one of the problems is you're constantly gonna have is that with the Nintendo cabinet and the wiring and so forth it may not be his best monitor choice but at the same time it's got to deal with what he has mm -hmm. right so the fact that he says that you know i would have said check your pots and stuff but he's tried different things different pcbs the, the only thing i can really think is probably the best idea for him is to make sure his wiring is good because sure. this definitely could be a wiring issue and you want to make sure that all the wires are see or to where they're supposed to go, and he can look at the um, pinouts and stuff for that. But really, check. I, it really, in my opinion, it wouldn't hurt to go ahead and restrip some of the sync wires, redo them again, make sure the connections are really solid. And I would think that would be my best guess at what to do in without just going back with a different monitor. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, just doing a little bit of, of looking up on Waya chassis, Tim. I know that we're not big fans. And, but no. a lot of these newer ones, uh, that's about the only new style chassis you can find are these like generic universal Waya style chassis. And so a lot of times, Tim, when we've seen this problem creep up, it's because there was a sync wiring issue or a sync connection issue. Right. And so now it's possible that there's a problem with the sync circuit itself, either the vertical or Maybe. horizontal on the chassis. That's definitely could be the case. But a lot of times you would be surprised it's in the wiring, which is very interesting. So Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here real quick so we can kind of go over it. So, uh, Tim, for those people who aren't familiar with JAMA and the video sync it puts out, it puts out a composite negative sync. And composite, composite negative sync means that it's the horizontal and vertical syncs together. Right. Now, no. um, depending on your monitor chassis, you may have a composite negative sync pin that you can connect directly to, or you may have a, like a negative vertical sync and a negative horizontal sync pin that you need to hook to. And so one of the very first things that we would make sure is make sure that you've got the sinks hooked up correctly for your chassis. And Tim, I saw this exact issue with a wire chassis one time where um, we had to split the sinks in order to get it to, to hold properly. Right. And this is not, like I said, so this is actually something that even happens to us. So let's start off this repair by making sure the sink wiring going from your game board to your monitor chassis is making a good connection. So check the sink, the wiring and the input pins, including the solder on the chassis. You may need to combine or separate the sink wires. So uh, 
Tim, what I have on the bottom screen is kind of a a, a cross of a, a forty six hundred. You might recognize Tim, a forty six hundred yes. HV card. But in a on a forty six hundred, we have to separate the negative sink into the negative vertical and the negative horizontal sinks in order to hook them up to the pins. And so I believe some Waya chassises. Oh, I know, I know some Waya chassises require this too. And so you need to make sure if you've got the manual for that particular model, you need to make sure that you've got the sink hooked up where it's supposed to be. And if, if you need to split the sink wiring in order to get the horizontal and vertical out, that you're doing that. Because it does seem like this vertical hold issue a lot of times has to do with a sink not being connected or not being connected properly. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. That's what I, my guess would be it's a wiring issue. Right. Now, the way again, it talks about. Right. Now, or it's just on the board and you just right. now, never going to Right. Now, it could be a problem with the actual monitor chassis, right? Now, con right. considering this monitor chassis is new, new. <laughs> I mean, that would make me think that there's not soldering issues, but we can't assume <clears throat> that, Tim. As we know, you can get stuff brand new and it doesn't work. So it may be worth going through and just following through on the horizontal and vertical sections of the monitor to make sure that everything looks good, that there, you know, you can kind of trace through and that there's no broken traces or anything like that on those lines. But considering it's new, I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't think that it would be my point, but it's worth checking for sure. So checking the horizontal and vertical sections, making sure that those are intact and working properly. But other than that, it could just be as simple as making sure your sync wires are connected properly. Tim, do you have anything else for Stephen before we move on? No, but Stephen, contact us back. If that's not the case, we would gladly try to go further with you. But I really would start there. Yeah, and if you have a picture of the actual chassis that we can see, um, I tried to look up that model number, but I couldn't find a lot of information. Couldn't I was looking for like a manual or something, Tim, that mm -hmm. we could kind of get a better idea. For some reason, I had trouble locating one. So um, if you have like a picture of it, that may help us identify it a little bit better. Because sometimes Tim, they'll use the same, they'll use different model numbers for the same chassis. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, why is weird like that? I don't know. They change one little thing. It's a whole new model number. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you may send us a picture as well of what your setup is and we may be able to better help you troubleshoot it. But I think the very first, the very first thing we need to check is to make sure our sync is connected properly. We're getting good sync all the way through. And it can even be from your JAMA harness. Maybe your sync, your sync pin on your harness is not connected well to the, to the thing. So you could try gently kind of pressing on your JAMA harness where the sink wire is to mm -hmm. see if that makes a difference in that hole, just to see. So, um, but other than that, Tim, I don't think there's anything else we can really tell them without some, maybe some pictures or maybe a little bit more information on the chat. I think so. Okay, so Stephen, hopefully that answers your question. And good luck trying mm -hmm. to get that thing to sink properly. And and Tim, unfortunately with these universal chassis, this is a common problem. Yes. I will say that. So um, it may be hard to troubleshoot just because of that. But if you have additional information you can give us about the chassis, let us know. We'll try to help you out further. So, Okay, Tim, before we move on in the outline, we have a couple of things over here in the live chat. We have Jumping General says, just starting to do my own monitor repairs, cat kit, cap kits, flybacks, etc. I've never done this. Any advice? Well, you know, there's no better experience. Just the more you do, the more, the better. And just buy broken chassis and try to work on them like on eBay or something. You know, get them cheap and just try to repair them. Do, you know, and watch uh there's a lot of good videos not just ours we there's a lot of good repair videos um and what you can't fix reach out to some of the people that do do them repairs most of them are really nice guys and they'll give you some ideas of where to go um but it's just practice it's just practice 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 um we always say like we always laugh if you watched our videos with M michael First thing he would do is touching up solder just seemed when he would always do that. 
And we always talk about that a lot. So before I would pull any parts off, I would definitely touch up all the, make sure the solder is fresh and stuff. But good luck. I think it's, I think it's awesome. You know, we got into it more out of necessity than anything. We just couldn't find anybody to work on them. And uh, we had to learn how to repair them. Unfortunately, we made good friends with Michael and he taught us a lot. And there's still a lot that we don't know. We don't do it full time for a living. Uh, but you just learn things over time. And, uh, you know, even the shotgun approach worked for us for a long time. I think now we think, well, you know, we if we can take a two-hour project and make it a 20-minute project, um, I would definitely invest, if that's what you want to do, and make um, kind of a, either a living or a hobby at it, I would definitely get with a... What's those meters called, Jonathan? My mind's ESR. going blank. An ESR meter or something that, you know, would save you some time, if nothing else, and try to get out of that shotgun approach and really learn how to read specific things so that it will save you some time in the long run. But, man, there's just, you know, when we first started, there were very few um, outside of a, a couple manuals and some flow charts and stuff. There were no videos or anything to watch. And uh, so, good luck to you. I hope that, but I would, I would definitely invest in the best tools. That I guess that's probably what my yeah. my best test thing. pattern generator is like a key. Yeah, test pattern generator. You know, an ESR meter, something a, a good multimeter. You know, I would go with a good multimeter that can read those values and stuff. Um, and you know, then maybe a. If you're going to do it, you might might want to get a rejuvenator or something like that. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. Joe Flores, I have an original Pac-Man arcade game. All original hardware. When the bulbs, bulbs in the marquee is burned out, what is the what bulb do I, or what, what bulb do I use? Well, most of them, just from experience over the years, are 40 or 60 watts. If you get too bright, it will damage your um, marquee. And you've seen probably some with burn spots in them. I highly would recommend just going in and switching out to LED. They run cooler. You can get it in soft white, bright white, whatever you like. They, I think they look amazing now. You know, mm -hmm. I like the LED lights behind a marquee. Sure. I think they look good. Um, note that it will show any flaws in your marquee. But, um, you know... I think the original was just a 40 or 60 watt. I've seen so many different kinds that and it's a it's more of a personal preference, I think, but I would probably put LEDs in there cuz it runs so much cooler and won't damage the paint and stuff on your marquee. There you go. Okay, let's see. Um yeah, um delusional says a test pattern generator is essential. Yes, exactly. I mean, it it just makes everything so much easier than trying to have to hook it up to a cabinet that has a good like test mode that has all the test patterns in it plus i mean it can help you diagnose things really quickly so test pattern generator is key for sure uh as far as monitor stuff goes <clears throat> um but yeah as far as the the bulbs go yeah i mean 40 watt i think is pretty common yeah and like an led doesn't matter because they run cooler typically anyway right is it it's then it's just a personal preference yeah. how bright do you like it or do you like soft white i like them bright i right. just think it pops you know there you go Okay, Tim. Well, I think we've caught up in the live chat. So okay. let us move on to the next outline question from Adam. And Adam says, do you know if the Super Hang-On Upright cabinet power supply can be replaced by a standard switching power supply? I can't find any info on it specifically. Thanks for any 
help. Now, Tim, this was kind of an odd question because um, as far as I know, Super Hang On has a switching power supply in it already. <laughs> Most so, of them I've ever seen Right, have but it's one. a little different. It's yes. a little different, right? Yes. And, and I would say we have quite a bit of knowledge in that because you might remember our friend Ed gave us all kinds of Sega Hang On parts one time. And we at one time we had, I don't know, four or five cabinets. We had boxes of parts. And a lot of them had power supplies taken out of them. And I do remember us putting a newer, what we would call a switcher, newer style in there. But it's real simple. They have that kind of power supply. You're probably looking at yours and going, it just doesn't look right. Something's different. And there is a couple differences, and we'll talk about those. So what you what you have, number one, is it's a four-letter word in that Sega game. And some of the wire colors are not the normal wire colors what we think about. Like your red is not necessarily, is not your five volt most of the time. It's actually yellow. And so they also, Jonathan, if if we remember right, it does not use the 12 volts, which is really common. If you, all you guys have wired up cabinets, you normally wire up the, the plus 12, the plus five, sometimes the negative, but most of the time, you always wire them up. And um, this game in particular is one that you don't... So if you put your normal switcher in there, you're not going to hook up the positive 12. So your coin light, stuff like that, are probably going to run off a of 5 volt. So just that's something to keep in mind. But yeah, it's no, it's no, the rest of it's simple. Just make sure you're running the 5 or the five volts that it does require, I think, are yellow wires. Mm-hmm. Or whatever wires you're hooking up that you're not hooking them up to 12 because you can do some damage, okay? Right. So uh, let me go ahead and put this up here, Tim. And I actually have a picture here that came out of a super hang-on so that we yeah. get an idea. And you'll notice that it does not have a 12-volt line, just like Tim mentioned. So, uh, yes, the <coughs> super hang-on switching power supply can be replaced by standard switching power supply. The wire colors are a bit different, like Tim mentioned. Okay, so Sega, in this particular game, uses yellow for 5 volts, white for ground. And it actually does use red for 12 volts, but you won't find it in this in this game, but in some Sega games you will. So you need to make, you need to tap into the AC and connect the wires to the correct voltages. See the wiring diagram in the manual for more information. Tim, I put that manual wiring diagram uh, link below in the nice. show notes so that we can go. So please note that the original Super Hang-On Power Supply did not have a 12 volts terminal on it. As you can see, there's a 5, there's ground, and there's AC, and that's it. You can see the actual, there's two 5s, two grounds, two, uh, two ACs, and that's it. And so be sure to leave this terminal empty when transferring the wires and connectors. But otherwise, you can leave, you can make it work. Just leave the 12 volts alone. Yeah. And I know that's really hard to do because you're, if you're used to hooking up arcade games, you're like, oh, I got to hook up the 12 volt, right? And I don't like the wire coloring here because, like Tim mentioned, usually we think plus 5 is red. We think uh, plus 12 is yellow. We think of like oh. negative 5 is white. But here, we're, we're all over the place with the yellow for plus 5, the white for ground. And some Sega games that use 12 volt have a red for the 12 volt line, but this one does not. So, um, but yeah, you can stick a regular switcher in there. You just need to make sure you leave the 12 volts line off is what it comes yeah. down to. Just one quick tip when, if you do that, what I would do is I would take that 12 volt screw all the way out. Just take it out and remove it. That, and maybe you can even take a marker and write, mark over it. So that down the road or another time, you, maybe you'll help you remember not to hook up anything to it. Just a quick tip that some stuff that I've done in the past. Yeah, I think Adam was probably frustrated, Tim, because he's probably looking for a switching power supply that just put out 5 volt. And right. while they do, 
you can find those. They're way more rare than like a standard switcher with 12 volt output. Right. So way more rare and usually more expensive. Um, but you can get like you can get the little off the shelf like I forget what they, like like uh, pick style power supply I forget what they call them like little single board power supplies yes. that you could get that would work like in something like that. But for the most part, I think you'd be better off just getting a switching power supply, standard switching arcade power supply, and like Tim mentioned, taking the screw for the twelve volts out and then hooking up the fives, the grounds, and the AC. So right. uh, anything else for Adam here, Tim? For no, I don't think so. Sounds good. So Adam, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting your super hang on up and running obviously 10 power supply issues so yes. but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that'll get it going for you uh let's see what else we got here um jumping general says he has 45 games in his home collection he needs to learn monitor repair yes you do <laughs> you that may, would you may learn a lot of repairs if you have 45 games absolutely so that's awesome yeah for sure and um delusional said the same thing 40 watt soft white um he said a 9 watt led replacement works great runs cooler too yeah so the 9 watt in the led 40 watt if you're in the filament so it just depends on which bulb you like um obviously tim i don't, I don't know is anybody selling filaments anymore can you still you, get regular light bulbs? You know, you can. Um, they still sell them because I, I, I was looking for one the other day. At, maybe at like Home Depot or something you can find it. But at Walmart, you're hardly ever going to see them anymore. It's just right. like, whoa. I, I don't know why I wanted one. I think, um, I don't remember what, refrigerator bulb or something. I could not find one. And uh, anyway, just, uh, I'm sure you could order one online or whatever. Yeah. But... Or you might have one in an old lamp or something you could put in there. But I would go with the LED. It just runs uh, runs so much cooler. It's not so much the brightness of it, although I do like that. I like the fact that it's cool to the touch. can't tell you how many Pac-Man games I took the thing off and accidentally touched that bulb or something. And it's really hot or yeah. can get hot. And it'll create like a back. Everybody's seen it on the back of your marquee you'll have a burnt brown spot or something you know and this can totally ruin them especially on certain games absolutely so okay let's move on here tim i think we're yeah live chat's caught up so we're moving to our next question and tim this is the one that inspired the title for tonight's episode (laughs) dipping our toes in this arcade thing so here we go to tim (laughs) this one is from john so john writes I've recently dipped my toe into the home arcade thing, and my first acquisition is a 1942 cabinet. When I first turn it on, it seems to look fine, but as I play it, and sometimes even as soon as I start the game, the details of the graphics aren't there. For example, where there should be textured water and islands scrolling by, I may just have a plain blue screen. And between stages, the carrier might be there when I first start playing, but once it seems to warm up, it will go away. My plane will still land on it between stages, and then take off for the next one, but the carrier is invisible. Uh, let's go on here, Tim. It, I, I figure it has to be the board somewhere. Some graphic glitch I can't begin to guess at. Being new to this, any advice? Uh, thank you, by the way, for your videos and recommendations. It's definitely given me a serious jump start, and I'm excited to dig in. John. Okay, Tim, so we have John here. He's got a 1942. And Tim, just by the way he's describing it, it sounds like sounds like the ship is there the enemies are there but it sounds like the background sprites are missing yeah if that makes sense so like the little background sprite layer is not for some reason coming up and so like he mentions probably a board issue right tim more than likely and of course we're we say this all the time we're going to always start at power we're going to make sure the voltage is there and that it's at the correct voltage your 5 and your 12 volts are just fine because if you don't sometimes that will cause graphic or glitches or other issues 
just because it's not getting enough power and emulate or running the processor like it should. But more than likely, the fact it still plays and kind of goes on, that's a, another key is that he's not having any trouble playing it. In fact, it's funny, his thing even lands in the middle of the ocean, right? Right. And, and not on a ship. So it definitely has some issues and some kind of chips on there. Not a, Not smart enough to know which chips, some kind of ROM chip, I'm sure, on it. Um, one thing I think that um, you mentioned earlier, Jonathan, when we were talking about the show, is that this can happen, though, with, and we said to make sure that the power is good, but also make sure your connectors are good, especially the one, the ribbon cables that attach the two boards together. They will cause some weird issues kind of like this also. Yeah, and Tim, we see this with all sorts of games. I think of um, when we had our kicks, yeah. and it seemed like Tron... And some yeah. of these other two-board sets that have these, like, little flimsy ribbon cables on them. Yeah. And these these ribbon cables, over time, they just, like, it, it, the connectors themselves will sometimes corrode, and then the ribbon cables, cables themselves will just will just start, like, having issues. I don't know what it is. And so a lot of times when we do have this, that's, like, one of the first things we need to check is to make sure that the actual ribbon connectors, our ribbon cables and the connectors themselves that those are plugging into are, are making a good connection to the board and to each end of, of the individual boards themselves. So, uh, Tim, let me go ahead and throw this up for everybody to see here. So, from your description, John, it sounds like the background sprite layer on your 1942 game board is going in and out. We would recommend checking your power supply first, like Tim mentioned, just to rule it out. Be sure to check it check it on the board when the issues are occurring to assure the voltage is correct. And, Tim, this is key. Um, he's saying that it'll start okay. And then it'll and then it'll kind of start going out on him. Mm -hmm. And so make sure that the voltage is still go good going to the game board at that point, okay? Because if we're having a voltage drop, that can cause it, right? That could have that could give us some issues. So, um, and then the second part here, Tim, though, is probably more what we're what we're looking at. If the power supply voltage is good, then it probably is a game board problem. You can try cleaning the board, reseeing the ROM chips, which I know Sregzer Show just said. Um, you can try checking the connectors that attach the two boards together. You may need to replace the ribbon cables or the connectors themselves, like the actual connectors on the boards, as, as those can corrode over time. But the ribbon cables themselves can also can also um, uh, just go bad and stop working as well. And Delusional says that um, Brad uh, Raydell makes repros of those flat ribbon cables if you need them. Good. So there are repros available for those. So you may want you may want to consider that. Just check the ribbon cables themselves, though, and you may even try removing them completely and then putting them back in to make sure that they're seated together properly. But Tim, a lot of times uh, with this background sprite issue kind of thing, it does seem like those connectors play a big part in that, especially mm -hmm. with 1942 boards. And so I would definitely I would definitely check those ribbon cables again, though. Kind of like what Razor Show said, very possible it's ROM chips. For some reason, ROM chips are maybe they're not getting good voltage at part of the at part of the time, so they're not loading properly. Could actually be the RAM. So you're you're you know like whenever it's trying to load those graphics from the ROMs into RAM, that they for some reason it's just not displaying properly. Could be that as well. Tim, we have an entire video on inspecting an arcade board where we kind of talk about some of that stuff. So we would recommend checking that out. But the ribbon cables in this particular in this particular. Um, case i think are really what we want to focus on Tim, I think so, do you have Tim. anything else here for john before we move on no i think that that'll help you a lot john if you'll check into that and you could just have a bad chip or something and maybe you need to have your board repaired or pick up another board but i would definitely try those things and and i meant to say that too about reseeding the roms that's a great idea uh just you know make sure that they're cleaned and anything that can unplug without having to 
unsolder, you know, if it's socketed chip, by all means, be careful with that. We got videos on how to do that, but um, that would be a great place to start also. Sounds good. So, John, hopefully answers your question, and good luck getting your 1942 back up and running. So, And, and it sounds like it's okay at first, which is interesting, too. So yeah. the power supply still needs to be checked for sure, especially when it's having the issue. Okay, I'm going over to the live chat. Okay, I think we're I think we're okay. Okay. I think we're okay. So let us move on to Rodolfo, Tim. That is our next question here. And Rodolfo writes, Hi, I hope you can help me. I've got a main PC arcade cabinet that was given to me and it does not seem to be working. The guy who gave it to me said it was working fine and then stopped and he doesn't want to fix it. He thinks someone may shut it may have shut it down wrong. Any ideas, please help. Thank you for your time. Now, Tim, when we think about MAME-based PC systems, we think about a PC, right? Right. So this actually does probably have a PC in it. Now, it may be a Raspberry Pi. It may be something else. But a lot of times, if it's a MAME PC, obviously, we're probably talking about an actual computer inside there, Tim. Right. Now, there's obviously issues with running a computer inside of an arcade cabinet, such as um, the auto auto startup. Right. If you set that in the BIOS and the BIOS dies, then all of a sudden, you're not getting the auto startup anymore. Um, there's some other things. Tim, is there anything that you want to mention here about Rodolfo's problem before I kind of go on my spill about PCs in general? Well, that's what the, the first thing I would do is probably take the PC out of the game and I would probably put it on my test bench and we want to see is power getting to the PC? Is it just literally, can you switch it on? Can, will you turn it on? Or is it something that needs to be tricked or jumpered or something to get it or a bio setting? which you know a lot more about that than I do, John, but I want to make sure that PC is working. If the PC is working um, and running and everything and you're not getting some power out, then we maybe have a video card or whatever. We could have a lot of other problems, but it sounds like if it's not doing anything, it just kind of died. Uh, we know this for a fact that a lot of times old PCs would have a battery that would hold those settings and things like that. And if you don't play them for a while, they tend to, tend to drain, tend to die, and then you can't get them to shut, turn back on. You would need to replace the battery and kind of jumper it to get it back going, then go in the BIOS and tell it to automatically come on when powered up, stuff like that. Those are the places that I would definitely start. For sure, Tim. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here so we can talk about the PC a little bit because I do want to get into that just a hair. So let's start off this repair by checking the PC itself, like Tim mentioned. Uh, on the cabinet, and if you can uh, turn on the cabinet and see if you can hear or visibly tell if the PC is powering on. And like Tim mentioned, you may take the PC out completely and just put it on your test bench. Good yeah. way to do it. If it's not coming on, try searching for a power button on the PC. If you cannot find one, you should be able to power it on by jumping the PS on pin, which power supply on pin, to a common pin, C-O-M. Um, and then once you do that, it should come on. That is a hard jumper on most motherboards, Tim, on the PC. So if you jumper that real quick, uh, Tim, what I usually do is I use a... Um, I use a paper clip. Uh, paper clip, like exactly. Use a paper clip. We'll mm -hmm. jump for it real quick. And Tim, we got into the habit of when we build main machines, just going ahead and hooking up a button to those pins. So that yes. way we can just turn it on automatically if we needed to. So, um, but that's where we want to start. So once the PC is on, check the screen for any sorts of messages that it might give you um, for any uh, for an idea of any issues. You may need to take the PC out of the cabinet and hook it up to a regular computer monitor just to see, because that would tell us, Tim, if it is if the PC is coming on, is it the monitor that's having the issue, or is it is it like my computer monitor, or is it the video card on the PC that's not outputting? Right. right. Like that'll give us that those uh, that kind of um, stuff. Now, 
once you get the PC up, it's it may be more of a software-based troubleshooting at that point. Is something so like let's say the hard drive died. Well, if the hard drive dies, then you may just get a black screen, right? That yes. just has some information on it or something like that, and it may just say it can't boot or whatever it is. And so that's if that's the case, you're going to have to rebuild a software image from scratch, which may be a pain. But you could do it; it's possible. And there's some packages out there that are kind of pre-built for that if you want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, um, YouTube Punk sa says this sounds like a can of worms. I would agree with that. This you're mm -hmm. kind of you're starting with the PC, but this could uh, definitely turn into more of a long-term issue or or a kind of a long-term uh, problem-solving stint with this. If you will so uh tim is there anything else here for rodolfo before we move on not at this time get back with us tell us what you find and we definitely can help if you need to go further or if that's not the case and we're totally off and it's running and everything it could be several other issues but we got to start with power we got to make sure that your pc is firing up and kicking on first so keep in touch with us and let us know Absolutely. Uh, Richard Show says if he sees lights on the motherboard and it's and it's getting power, it could be a dead battery causing it not to turn on. Exactly. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when we set up main PCs, we will change the BIOS setting um, to automatically come on when the PC gets power. So that way it'll right. automatically boot with the cabinet. But when your CMOS battery dies, that setting may go away and the default may be not to come on with power. And if that's the case, then you'll have to jump for it to get to come on. So Well, think about during that era, all of us had desktop computers it didn't just come on all the time. You had to physically turn it on. Right. And so a lot of those same things were put into games, and they switched it, but once that battery dies, it goes back into that. It wants a power-up button, and that's what we're doing by jumpering that is creating a connection just like a button to start it right. and see if that works. Then it, you would have to go in your CMOS settings and tell it to automatically come on upon power or when power hits it. But we can't get to that far until we know uh, what's going on with yours at this moment. Is it running at all? Exactly. So, uh, But hopefully it answers your question, Rodolfo, or at least gives you, gives you a good place to start. If you need additional help, get back with us and let us know what you find once you either take the computer out and see if it'll come on or if you can get it to come on within the cabinet. Um, Razor Show says he bought a GT for cheap. Guy thought it didn't work. Battery was dead. That was all. Yeah. Very yeah. possible, very, I mean, it happens all the time. We see it all the time. So well, I can't tell you, back when I worked for Chuck E. Cheese, how many of those raw thrill games, we ran them every day. Sure. And they just died over time. And yeah. you would think, oh, man, and I would be, and, you know, and um, I would go to call for troubleshooting. They're like, well, check the battery. I'm like, oh, the battery's at 2.4 volts or whatever. And so, you know, I've seen it multiple multiple times and these are games that get turned on every day and run for 15 16 hours you can imagine one that didn't run for several months or set in somebody's garage or shed that's what normally happens sure um what was it um who's the company that makes gt incredible technology uh incredible technologies had actually modified their bios in order to make auto come on the default setting so so even if the in fact they just took the batteries off those boards and nice. so they actually had reprogrammed the bios chips to where it would just automatically boot the board so that you didn't need the battery to save that setting so right. i mean that's nice Ross is, should have done that too right. but this is a mame right. which tells us somebody it's an off-the-shelf pc right. right exactly probably it is, off it the is shelf. not custom correct right. so Okay, Tim. Well, I think the last part we have here as far as the questions and answers go for this month is the quick question and answer 
uh, portion of the show. And well, this is go. the time when I rapid fire three questions at Tim, some short answer questions here, and he rapid fires three answers back to us. Uh, these are a little bit shorter than the questions we normally get for some of the other um, some of the other ones that we did previously in the show. But uh, this just is a good way for us to get a whole bunch knocked out at once. And so, Tim, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, well, let's do it then. I'm going to throw them up here real quick so everybody can see. So, Cool Casper writes, Hi, sir. Do you know why my arcade monitor is leaning back? Okay. Um, Asutosh writes, I lost my light guns. I have the game in a CRT TV. How do I acquire a light gun? And then Jeanette says, I have a golden T99 arcade game, and all of a sudden the screen either starts to flash colors. The game pl still plays, but the screen is either solid green or just flashes different colors. Do you have any ideas on, why be on what might be wrong? Thank you. So, Tim, just to reiterate here, Cool Casper, why is my arcade monitor leaning back? Asutosh, um, I need a light gun. Where do I get one? And Jeanette, I have a golden T that's just flashing colors all over the place. So, Tim, what do you think's going on with each of these? Let's go with Cool Casper first. Why is my arcade monitor leaning back, Tim? I have no clue. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, but the truth is, is that it could have been, could have came loose. There is mounting brackets and stuff in there. Sometimes they come loose. Some people like it that way. Sure. And I've we bought games before. It drives me crazy. I don't like it to be pushed back, especially if I see a big gap. I well, want I mean, my, like, let's look at Galligan and Miss Pac Man. Well, here they're, for a they're they're leaning. They're leaning pretty the, far. But the glass is right there. I don't know. I don't. But the 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 general rule is is that it should be however your game is set up. That is made like that. If it's made to be set up and it's falling back, it could just be a bracket or something. Or you can even uh, put a couple pieces of wood, push it forward yourself. Yep. Um, but you didn't give us a picture, so yeah. we that that would have really helped on this one a little bit. Agreed. Asutosh here, Tim. So where can I get light guns at? Well, you know, honestly, he didn't tell us what game. Nope. So there's a lot of different games with all different light guns. You know, when I want to buy a light gun, I usually go to eBay. Yep. And the reason is because you have a lot of sellers that sell them brand new. They buy them in bulk from HAP, and a lot of times they're cheaper than you can buy them from the manufacturer themselves. Of course, there's a couple of manufacturers. A lot of it depends on the game, but eBay would be my quick answer. Sounds good. And then we have Jeanette. Uh, what's up with these colors? My game's playing. The Golden Tee's playing, mm -hmm. but I got colors all over the place. What's happening? Well, Full screen did, colors. She needs to check her drive transistors on her monitor chassis, make sure the solder and everything is okay, and check her. She can play around with those a little bit. Most of the time when that's happening, it's kind of a, it's either a cold solder joint or a wiring issue. Mm -hmm. And those can be the two places that I would check the wires going to the neck board, especially. And then uh, the wires from your game, all any, any kind of wires involving your colors. And then also I would probably reflow the solder on the backs of those transistors. Sounds good, Tim. So let's go ahead and put this up here so everybody can kind of recap what was said. So, Cool Casper, the monitor could have come loose from its cabinet mounting. Okay, well, that may be why it's leaning back too much. In general, it, it helps the players see the screen and creates an environmental effect if it is slanted really far back. So we think of games <coughs> like, like I said, Galaga, Miss Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, right, where we have kind of these slanted back monitors yeah. that, are pretty, that are pretty far slanted. Um, people like that, like Tim mentioned, and some people will mount the monitors in their games like that. Um, it just, that's a personal preference. Uh, Tim, if the 
if the game is dedicated, I'm going to leave the monitor in the position it was in. Yeah. But if it's something where it's a generic cabinet, um, like what I did for this generic dynamo cabinet, I remounted the monitor so that it was straight flush with the glass because I have a LCD in there. Mm -hmm. And so you may want to do that if if you've got something like that where you're, where maybe you're going from CRT to LCD and you, now you want your monitor to be more forward instead of leaning back like it was. So, yeah. Um, but if it's if it's leaning back too much, it may have fallen through its mounting or something like that. Yeah, be cabinet. careful. It could be something that's We've seen it before. Danger. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We've seen it before, so be careful. Asutosh, well, the light gun depends on the game, right? So we have optical-based, we have potentiometer-based light guns. So you can get both these from Arcade Parts Suppliers on our resources page at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources. Or like Tim mentioned, from eBay as well. There are several resellers there that will sell you one. Uh, Tim, of course, if you're talking about people that we recommend, Twisted Quarter is a really great place to get them from. Arcade Shop's a really good place to get them from. Arcade Parts and Repair. Um, those are all great places that you can get light guns from. So Correct. it just depends on what you're looking for, though. Identify the game, then we can figure out what kind of light gun it uses, and then from there you can order the correct one for your game. And then the Golden T, Jeanette, uh, check the color drive transistors on your monitor chassis and the color adjustments on your neck board. Check your input wiring that runs from the game board to your monitor as well as the input pins. Uh, Tim, if these come loose, all it takes to get like an oversaturation of colors for one color to go out. Right. So if you lose the red, all of a sudden your screen looks blue-green, right? Mm -hmm. Like basically like a really bad blue-green. Or sometimes your drive transistor will will um, fail and it'll oversaturate everything. So you will get like that big red screen or whatever the case may be. And so um, with that in mind, just check all that stuff. Make sure your monitor is working properly because a lot of times when we have color issues like that, it is usually a monitor issue. Tim, is there anything else you want to say about any of these questions before we move on? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So Cool Casper, Asutosh, and Jeanette, hopefully we gave you some good ideas on those questions. Please let us know if we can help you further out with any of those issues that you guys sent in your question about. So, a couple of things here in the live chat, Tim. Uh, Angelina says, thank you for the Rubik's Cube. You're welcome. So for our December uh, episode, Tim, we sent out prizes to everybody who sent in an email. Oh, and, and it was all different stuff. And okay. so Angelina got a Rubik's Cube in that. We um, we sent out Rubik's Cubes. We sent out um, handheld games. We sent out like a handheld, handheld pinball machine, I think. Like one of the little like cheap handheld pinball machines. Nice. Uh, just all sorts of stuff. So that's, you know, when you watch, you win sometimes. Right, Tim? Right. So, uh, so but December we did that. And you know how shipping was. It was expensive. So there you go. Um, but I'm glad that you got your um, your Rubik's Cube. And hey, Tim, what is more 80s than a Rubik's Cube? I can't get much more 80s than that. Maybe arcades, and that would be right. it. So that's it. Uh, let's see. And I think we're caught up on all of that, Tim, as far as the live chat is okay. concerned. So, so we're pretty much done with the questions, although if you guys have any in the live chat you want to discuss, we can do that. But, Tim, we're coming into the news and discussion portion of the show. We've got a couple of stories that we're going to be covering here, uh, just about things that happened over the previous month. And, Tim, this first story is about everybody's favorite professional arcade gamer, <laughs> Billy Mitchell, right? Yeah. It's everybody's, right? So, notorious arcade gamer Billy Mitchell settles suit over Donkey Kong World Record. And this was from Courthouse News Service. Tim, I think they broke this story because I couldn't find... Any, um, I couldn't find any additional uh, places that posted before them. Mm -hmm. So competitive gamer Billy Mitchell has reached a settlement in his defamation lawsuit against Twin Galaxies, the video game database that stripped Mitchell of his world records in 2018. The settlement was announced in L.A. County Superior Court on January 11th, three months before the lawsuit was set to go to trial. Details of the settlement have not been disclosed. Tim, this is a confidential settlement, but I do think that there was something, um, there was something in it about him getting his scores reinstated. 
Because ah. it does seem like some of his scores have started to show back up on Twin Galaxies. Okay. Maybe not all of them, but some of them for sure. And so while we don't know for sure that was a part of the settlement, it does seem that way hmm. just from the way the things have been kind of hashing out recently. So anyways, so um, Tim, what do you think about this lawsuit? I'm glad they settled it. Yes. I mean, that's, I mean, nobody wants to see this thing go to trial. Even the judge didn't want to see this thing go to trial. No, I don't think so. It's and good. It's such a, it's such a nothing to me. I mean, I understand like it's a big deal to people. But I don't know. Does Billy Mitchell matter as much as he did before? You know, like, I think, like, is the height of Billy Mitchell's popularity like the King of Kong? And then ever since then, it's been kind of... Probably so. I'm betting there's people watching us that don't even know who Billy Mitchell is You're now. probably right. So If you don't know who Billy Mitchell is, post in the live show, um, either in the live <laughs> chat or the comments section. Let's see. I'm curious. But, uh, like I said, I think this is a big nothing. So, I mean, but, uh, Tim, it's still newsworthy, I feel like, for arcade people because I think most of us know who Billy Mitchell is and we all have opinions of him. Tim, do you have a particular opinion of Billy Mitchell if I were just to ask you? If I, one word that comes to mind when you think of Billy Mitchell is? The world's longest thumb. Okay, well, not so much. I guess thumb would be the one word. Yeah. Thumb. You know what? I've met Billy Mitchell before. He was a super nice guy. I get some of the stuff, and I'm not a big competitive gamer, so you guys know competition just brings out the worst and the best right. in some people. Uh, same way with any kind of sport or anything. So I, we tend to shy away from some of that stuff, but at the same time, um, you know, there it, it's it's a little fun to talk about and to think about, but at the same time, I don't who loses sleep over this? Yeah, Who cares? Absolutely not. Um, let's see. YouTube Punk says his scores are part of the historical section on the website. The Razor Show says the scores aren't even records anymore. They've all been beaten. Um, let's see. Billy's still suing Carl Jobe, so Yeah, apparently so. So yeah. um, I think Billy was a big deal going into, like I said, the King of Kong. And kind of when that came out, I think, you know, he gained a lot of popularity from that. And a lot, mm -hmm. like people started to know him a little bit more. I think um, some of us who were in the arcade uh, in in the arcade, um, we got seen. We kind of already knew about him a little bit, but I think the King of Kong gave us a little bit more, a uh, little bit more information than maybe what we had before. But I mean, you know, he was he the gamer gamer of the century, is what Twin Galaxies called him at one point Something or whatever like that, it is. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I kind of like um, Rexer Show said, all of his stuff has been beaten beaten now. Right. So I so mean, it's, it's like irrelevant. Exactly for sure. So, um, let's see, world's longest thumb. There you go. Um. Uh, uh, let's see. Angelina says, Billy Mullet King. That's what yeah. I think. There you go. That's a good one. Um, it's all persona. This is delusional. Billy's a nice dude. He protects his interest and has an, has his ego and status to look after. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He's, he's a fine guy. I mean, I've talked to him on several occasions and every time I talk with him, he just seems like a normal dude. And yeah. I mean, he puts on a big show, you know, when he needs to. So if he's like at an event or something like that and he's given a, he's doing, they're doing a, um, you know, like a seminar or something like that. He's there, kind of in character, I would mm -hmm. say. But uh, otherwise, I mean, he's pretty. He's a good video game player. He's good. Right. Okay, and for a long time, he had records and a lot of stuff. But at this point, I don't know how much it really matters because a lot of those records have been broken. You know, so. I don't think about the Donkey Kong record. I just go way back to that perfect game of Pac-Man. That yeah, was pretty sure. impressive. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, that that's what I, I, I you guys. I was just being silly about his thumb because. I remember, I have a picture of me and him going like that, and his was like, this one's longer than mine. And uh, But at the same time, um, I always think about Billy playing Pac-Man. Mm -hmm. That's where I go back. Not so much Donkey Kong and all that controversy. I just remember, I was like, remember uh, watching old news clips back in the day. This guy was just playing Pac-Man. It was just so crazy. And I thought, man, how can anybody 
And I knew there were patterns and stuff you could memorize, but I just, you know, it was just amazing to me at the time. And so I always had a lot of respect for that. Absolutely. And he was really the first one, I guess, to officially record that he had a perfect game of Pac-Man. Mm -hmm. People have done it since, obviously, but um, I, I think when that happened, that was big news and a lot of, like, just, like, local news stations picked that up. And yeah. And that was even before, like you said, the King of Kong and all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, But yeah, he's a nice guy. If you talk to him, he's a very normal person. And he does have a nice little ego and character that he likes to put on, I think, when he's at in certain places doing certain yeah. things. He's a very good video game player. Does he still sell hot sauce? I pretty, think he does. Yeah, Ricky's. Right, Ricky's hot okay. sauce. Yeah, it's good. So there you go. <laughs> Um, okay, let us continue on here, Tim. Now, this I thought would be a particular interest to you. Okay. Being a, a former longtime Chuck E. Cheese employee. So, um, Chuck E. Cheese game show series in development with Magical Elves. Now, Tim, Magical Elves, you may not know that name, but they have created game shows such as Top, Top Chef, Brain Games, Nailed It. Have you? Are you familiar with I these shows? Heard. These are very common shows. Some of those, yeah. Uh, Brain Games, I'm very familiar with. Nailed It, of course, on Netflix, Tim, if you've seen those. Um, so they're working on a show based on Chuck e. Cheese, the Chuck E. Cheese arcade experience. The format will feature standalone comedic physical challenges where duos of big kids, a.k.a. adults, will compete over supersized arcade games, including pinball, air hockey, alley roller, which we know is skee-ball, and the human claw. The top ticket earning duo will get a chance to exchange their tickets for prizes off the massive version of the iconic Chuck E. Cheese prize wall. Now, Tim, <laughs> what do you think about this? Do you think this is actually going to be popular? Is this something you're going to watch? You know, it depends, I guess, on what uh, who's going to what format picks it up. If it was on Netflix or something, yeah, I'd probably watch it. Yeah, I think, I think it'd so. be fun. Yeah, I don't know. I, they haven't. Said, they're probably going to shop it, it around. I don't know who's going to pick it up. Yeah, it sounds fun. Sounds fun. I would definitely love, like to see it. I wonder what it would take to be a contestant. Yeah. I'm pretty good at redemption games. Yeah, I was about to say, you had, you're a former I, Chuck E. Cheese employee. I think that you could get on the show. I'm okay at skee-ball. Yeah, you know, exactly. I play okay a lot at skee-ball. I was about yeah. to say, he's really good at skee-ball. Yeah. Just because he plays I'm so not good at uh, Donkey Kong or Galaga very very good, but I can I can play some pretty good skee-ball. So. And there definitely is a skill, just like pinball or any right. other game. So. That would be, I think it would be an interesting show. Absolutely. So, uh, Tim, maybe if we can find out where the where they're filming and uh, when, when they need uh, people to be on the show, maybe we can get you signed up. I'm maybe curious. so. There you go. <laughs> so, hey, I mean, who wouldn't want to say former Chuck E. Cheese employee on there? You know, <laughs> right? like I'm just saying. You know, you you, you would be the favorite well, to win. Right. I, I, might, I might just have to apply. That's pretty interesting. For sure. <laughs> so, I, I think it's a really good idea. I think, I don't know if Chuck E. Cheese is getting paid for this necessarily for licensing because they didn't mention that or if this is just mm. kind of a promotion thing for them. Um, but, you know, Tim, I have been by our Chuck E. Cheese. I drive by it, you know, fairly often and I have definitely noticed waning in that. It's not nearly as busy as it used to be. No, not quite as quite as busy. Um, I'm but, sure birthday parties are still big and everything. Yeah, but like when I drive weekends. about a, on an, on like an average weekend, I don't feel like it's as busy as it's been in the past. Yeah, I was in there a couple days ago, and I, I will tell you what, I was pretty impressed though. They did, they have redone the prize wall, uh -huh. and I was like, it was. They got some new bins, new prizes. I was pretty impressed, and I was thinking, man, maybe it's time I took the nephews or something and went back. Um, to see some stuff, so I think they they got they definitely have uh, survived the COVID and everything else. So I think they're doing okay. Yeah. Uh, it's different. I think it's okay. I don't know if they're where they were pre-COVID. Well, what's happened is the cost of everything has gone so much. The sales are about what they were, but it's it's less less people less money people more to get same there. Revenue, right? Yeah. So 
you know, and money's what makes the world go round. So but your operating cost is also increased with that. So I mean, are they making the margin that they were making? Before? I don't. That's probably I don't a bigger know. question. Yeah. I can imagine that revenue is the same. Margin may be different. Yeah. So anyway. Um, coming over to the live chat, it looks like everybody's talking about high scores now. Um, Raven Toe says, is Hank Chen still the king of Kong? And I, be- I don't believe so, Tim. I think somebody else has taken that now. It changes um, yeah, exactly. quite often. Um, let's see. Uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee says, I watch Billy Mitchell's stream on Twitch a lot. So oh. I guess he probably has a pretty good following there, I'd imagine. Um, let's see. Rexer Show says, the perfect Pac-Man is really hard. Grouping the ghosts to eat quickly is hard. Because you yes. have to group them around, correct. Um, let's see. Robbie Lakeman is what Delusional says. He thinks he's the King of Kong now. Okay. So I'm not for sure we'd have to look at Twin Galaxies. Um, and Raventoe says the same thing about the perfect Pac-Man. No doubt if you are off by a tenth of a second, it can throw off your pattern in Pac-Man completely. That's what I'm saying. To me, that was always the most impressive thing he's ever done. To, to, just in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, just the skill that it takes, and and you can't do it... If, it would be almost impossible to do back-to-back ones. Agreed. I mean, it's just, it takes, that's some good playing right there and a lot of um, patience and stuff, too. <laughs> so let's just focus on the live chat. If you guys, uh, what do you guys think about the Chuck E. Cheese game show? Yay or nay? Watch, not watch? Does it depend on the streaming service or the channel it's on? Um, would you want to go on and be a contestant? Let us know in the live chat. I want to hear it. And while they're discussing that, Tim, um, sad news in okay. that an arcade closed. Huh. And, you know, that's always kind of a sad thing. But, Tim, this is not just any arcade. This was 2-Bit Circus. Are you familiar yes. with 2-Bit Circus? Excuse me. Um, so 2-Bit Circus is was co-founded by Brent Bushnell, Nolan's son. Okay. And they only have two locations, or they did. They have the Los Angeles location and the Dallas location. But, as we found out, thanks to the Dallas Morning News here, LA's ba- LA Bar's arcade 2-Bit Circus closes in Dallas after only a year, Tim. Interesting. So 2-Bit Circus, a micro amusement park uh, featuring virtual reality and arcade games, has closed its Dallas location in the shops at Park Lane. The abrupt shutdown of the 35,000 square foot entertainment venue comes about a year after it opened. Dallas was only the second location for the Los Angeles entertainment business, which, like I mentioned, was co-founded in 2018 by Brent Bushnell, Nolan's son. Now, Tim, a two-bit circus is not much different than what you would think about a Dave and Buster's, maybe with a little bit more um, of a, almost like a carnival style theme, Mm -hmm. where you have some carnival games kind of mixed in with the arcade games. But, Tim, the problem with Dallas is that, man, and I mean, I'm sure this is true in L.A. too, but the competition is fierce. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about Dave and Buster's pretty much owns like the whole DFW area as far as locations are concerned. And then you have like the retro arcades like Free Play here that, I mean, are so popular. And and there's more than just Free Play, obviously. There's um, Barcadia and some other ones. And so, Tim, I mean, the market is so crowded here. I just don't think that they were able to get the audience or the traffic that they needed in order to survive. But man, Tim, not even making it a year is pretty pretty depressing yeah and you know we talked about it i don't know what their food was like how much they serve but one thing about dave and busters always go because i i like their food yeah their food is good so they they do a lot of food sales and bar sales and Mm -hmm. stuff so you i don't know what their food was like but to me and we talked about this i don't just a standalone arcade is not going you've got to really have something else and I, to me, it would still be outdoor, go-kart, something. 
You can't just throw up a bunch of games and expect people come just to play games. I know they had a bar, but I don't know if they had how many quite food the options. Foods. Not right. quite like Dave and Buster's. Right. And a 35,000 square foot, you should have a full-blown restaurant in it. Right. If anything, a high-end restaurant would be cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I just, I don't know. I never went, so I, I couldn't really say. Yeah, and, and me either, Tim. I know they had a bar, but I'm not sure about their other food options. But Dave & Buster's is a full-blown restaurant, Tim. Yeah, People go to Dave & Buster's not just to play games, but to watch the games. Like right. they used to say, play the games, watch the games, right? Mm-hmm. They, I mean, people go to Dave & Buster's just to drink watch and football. watch games. Right. I've, That's all they do. They don't even play the games. Right. There's been several times when I've been on vacation that I uh, was near Dave & Buster's and I wanted to see a sporting event or something. That's where I went because yep. I could have some hot wings and that, and then I'm probably play a few games. But you know, it was I more or less went to watch a game and to eat. Yep. And I think that you have to have some kind of combination of everything like that to make it these days. Absolutely, for sure. Um, just an arcade by itself is incredibly difficult That's unless you got very... a really nice bar attached to it, a really nice restaurant, or some other attraction that you're trying to get in. So, um, YouTube Punk says this too. I highly recommend the latest Free Play Arcade podcast. It's a candid discussion on how they barely survived the pandemic. And Tim, I'm a member in the Free Play group on Facebook with mm-hmm. all the people who kind of own that. And Corey, the guy who's like the main managing partner that runs that place, he has been very, very um, transparent about everything that went on through the pandemic and all the stuff they had to deal with. I appreciate that so much. And I would love to get him on our show or an interviews podcast to talk with them about that. I'm glad they covered it on their podcast though, because the stuff that he was posting was amazing. Like the stuff they were having to deal with, especially during the pandemic and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it was golly. I mean, I really felt for those guys. And Tim, we ordered free play stuff. I think we have shirts and other stuff that we ordered during the pandemic as well to kind of support them. Yes. But free play is a fantastic set of arcades and they're all over the DFW area and they have, they always use original hardware. They're, I mean, you go there, you're getting an authentic arcade experience every time. There's no mul- like no cheap multicades anywhere. They do a really good job with it. So by far my favorite um, arcade. But that's in the, the draw is the right. classic games. Correct. See, this, we're, is a retro this was not a retro arcade. No. This was just a arcade which you got to compete with Dave and Buster's main event Correct. and everybody else. So what do you have that's going to compete with those? Absolutely. So, and and Tim, t- besides I mean, games, that is a paywalled article. But of course, it's the Dallas Morning News, Tim. So mm-hmm. that's you know we have a descri- uh, subscription to that. But uh, it's very interesting. So, but I feel bad for him, Tim. I hate when arcades close. But the market is kind of crowded right now with a lot of these things. So you have to be able to distinguish yourself from everybody else for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, we got a question from Ryan here. He's looking for a particular IC. Um, for a monitor that has horizontal collapse. He tried Bob Roberts. You might try ArcadePartsAndRepair.com and see if they have it. They carry a lot of those parts as well. Um, if it's for a monitor, you can also try ArcadeCup.com. Chad, a lot of times, will mm-hmm. carry some of those parts that are hard to get for monitors because he has to use them to replace the ones that he on the chassis he's working on. So ArcadePartsAndRepair.com, ArcadeCup.com, those would be the other two that we would recommend. Um, you may be able to, you know, we used to use, um, what's the little um, cross-reference thing that we used to use? Tim, I can't think of the thing, the name of it at the moment. There's a uh, the NTE. Yeah, NTE, NTE has like a part cross ref, uh, cross reference that if you plug in a part number from another manufacturer, it'll tell you what the NTE part number is for that. And I can't remember what the URL is for that right now, but if you can Google find, that, yeah, if you Google NTE cross reference, you'll probably find it. But um, they'll give you the NTE equivalent, and then a lot of times you can order that from one of their suppliers. So if there is one, sometimes there's not. So. Okay, Tim, moving on to our next one. And Tim, I, you know, I'm, 
I really like the Tron movies, but just getting replies from everybody, I'm not sure if everybody's in the same boat as me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought Legacy was really good. I liked the original. It came out when I was a kid, and so, you know, I don't know. So I'm really keeping up with the Tron 3 news. Okay. Okay, and so I know some of you guys may not be so much, but Tim, when Tron 3 comes out, you and me are going to go see it. All right. Okay, <laughs> because, you know, it's it Tron will always be... Will always remind me of arcades. For sure. Well, always. I mean, just because of the whole nature of the story and everything involving an arcade getting sucked in and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, into that world. So, I am keeping up with all the Tron 3 news, Tim. And the latest news that we have is that it's finally in production. Yay. And this is from Gizmodo, Tim. Um, so, the director posted on Instagram that Tron Ares or Tron 3, it wrapped its first week of production. So, they've already done some filming, Tim. The original start date was mid-August 2023, but the Hollywood strike set things back. Tim, it was also announced that Gillian Anderson from X-Files and the Crown has also been added to the cast in an unknown role. Interesting. So um, we will be uh, seeing her in some role in the film. The originally announced date for the movie, it, it was 2025. However, it is unclear if this will be changed based on the production delay. And, and Tim, of course, we had all of, the, all of the Hollywood strikes, like it said, set things back. And I know that um, there was a lot of frustration in that, but I'm glad we're back on track. So I'm glad, and I hope that it comes out sooner rather than later. Um, you know, Tim, I imagine films like Tron, um, anything that takes a lot of CGI is probably going to take a lot of editing. Yeah. So I'm sure it's going to take them a while in post-production to get a lot of that stuff ironed out. But we are looking forward to seeing it very soon. I'm very excited about it. Hopefully, we'll, uh, once it comes out, maybe we'll do a thing. Yep. I don't know. We'll do Sounds something. Good. So I'll rent a movie theater. We can do that. <laughs> rent a movie theater. So... Anyway, uh, yeah, so Skelly is going to be in Tron 3. That is correct, Raven Toe. So uh, mm-hmm. that is right. So if you're an X-Files fan, Tim, you watch yep. X-Files? Oh, yeah. There's a really good arcade episode. I don't know if you remember that one. No, I don't Yeah, there's a really good arcade episode of the X-Files that you should check out. That's, That's weird. Right. I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, and he said he liked Tron and Tron Legacy, too. Tron Legacy was not great, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I think looking back now on the CGI, it looks worse than what it did then. <laughs> then it looked amazing, but now it's yeah. a little bit worse, but it's still good. I mean, I still like it. So, um, And Delusional, yeah, that's something I do need to know, too. Cindy Morgan from the original Tron recently passed. Yes. So, um, just uh, thoughts and prayers for her family. She will be missed because, man, I mean, the original Tron is iconic to me still. Mm-hmm. So, maybe one of the reasons I'm in the arcades as much as I am now. So, Same. Yeah. Okay, Tim, well, I think we're through all of the news for this episode. Check that out. So, um, yeah. Oh, YouTube Punk says an arcade episode. Yes, there's an arcade episode of the X-Files. I'm going to have to Google I am telling people something they don't know. And, Tim, I was not an avid X-Files watcher. I watched every so often. But I caught the arcade episode. I think it's a Virtua Fighter. I would have thought that I've seen probably 80% of them, not all of them. So I'm surprised that I don't remember that. Yeah, it, it has a Virtua Fighter in it. I forget what happens. At the moment, I just remember watching it when I was a kid. Like, and I didn't watch X Files, but it was on Fox, and I watched something that came on before X Files. I can't maybe even The Simpsons. I was watching The it Simpsons or whatever. Huh? Yeah, exactly. And, I, and it's an arcade game, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So there is an arcade episode. I think it's with a Virtual Fighter. You guys look it up. Anyway, Tim, let's wrap this one up real quick. We do want to remind everybody that we want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, ten minutes or less. Um, about arcade-related topics. You can send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put a plug in for your channel so we will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. And Tim, uh, that's always open to people who have arcade-related videos. Um, and uh, it's it's just a way that we can hopefully help some of the smaller channels uh, out there to um, get monetized, get a little bit more of an audience so that way they can get to the monetization threshold that they need in order to do that. So... 
And then, Tim, we do want to remind everybody about our contact information. We have our email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Questions at arcaderepairtips.com. If you put live show on the subject, we will save it for the show. Otherwise, we'll answer it uh, whenever we get around to it. It may be on the show. Maybe in an email reply, just depending, but that's the best way to get in touch with us is questions at arcaderepairtips.com. And Tim, before I move on, I do want to remind everybody mm -hmm. one more time that if they would like one of these wonderful shirts that you have here, that they can send an email to questionsarcaderepairtips.com with their size, either extra large or 2XL. The number of shirts they want between one and three and their, and their mailing address. And we will send them back a quote for shipping and send them one of these shirts like this one that says, um, back in my day. There you go. So... I will randomly pick shirts and you will get them. Uh, again, shirts are free, shipping and handling. You will have to pay for processing, all that kind of stuff. So, But uh, if you want a free shirt, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Uh, extra large, two XLs are what we have and we'll ship you one, two, or three, uh, just depending. And you know, you just have to pay shipping and handling. So let's move on. Yeah. Our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. Oh. Of course, all of the wonderful people here in the live chat or those of you who are watching this on YouTube already know where to find our YouTube. But if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, then you may not. And if you want to find the after show for this episode, make sure you go to our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And we do try to cover comments from the last live show on the next episode. That's just, you know, so if you want to leave a comment here on this show, we'll try to cover it on our next episode uh, next month. So, And then, Tim, we have our podcast feed that contains our live shows, our interview podcast, our questions and answer podcast, everything on it. And uh, we have our iTunes page for that at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com. We have a, a Spotify page at spotify.arcaderepairtips.com. And we have an Audible page at audible.arcaderepairtips.com. Or you can find our audio feed wherever fine podcasts are aggregated, Tim. And we would appreciate if you would leave a five-star review on any or all three of those different platforms as that does help us get more exposure. And then, Tim, we have our social media pages, and we do want to thank Mark for all of his contribution to those. And you can find our social media at Facebook and Twitter, or X, whatever. Uh, Facebook.arcaderepairtips.com for our Facebook page, Facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. And for our Twitter slash X feed, Twitter.arcaderepairtips.com will get you there, Twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. And so, uh, just great stuff. If you guys want to follow us, we'd really appreciate that. Um, we always update... Uh, those, if we have like live show changes or if we're not going to do it on the first Thursday night of the month or if you need a reminder to let you know when a live show is or if you just want to talk about arcade news and things, uh, make sure you follow us on our social media feeds and you can you can find all our information there. So, uh, let's see what we got here. Um, let's see. Raven Toast says, I want the shirts you guys are wearing. So, I've got my, uh, I got a Star Wars shirt on tonight. <laughs> so, the um, one button. There you go. And then you've got the one button yeah. to roll. This to roll one's a hundred dollars. Oh, a hundred dollars. Yeah. The others are free. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's okay. up to you. I, so but much, I'll sell it. So much for giving people a shirt off your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one costs. This exactly. one's expensive. Yeah. I'll give you the other shirts off my back, but the one on my particular back right now, that one's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's for sale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just go. expensive. There you go. So. Um, but, but yeah, there's guys... plenty like this, similar in in that stack. Agreed. So uh, if you guys want want one, two, or three, just send an email to us and we'll ship them out. Tim, you got anything else here? No. We, okay, so we're about to wrap up the regular show. If you guys have never um, stayed tuned with us, we have the after show that happens about five minutes after this show. And the, the only difference really is that in the after show, we discuss all topics. So mostly movies, sports, and TV shows. Uh, so if you want to stay, stick around for that. Tim, do you have anything you want to talk about in particular? Um, how about Super Bowl? Yeah, we got, we'll have our Super Bowl predictions. We'll take yours, okay. see who can come closest. And Tim, I watched something that I probably haven't watched in like at least a decade, maybe 15 years, and that was the Royal 
Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. And it's because my daughter's into wrestling now. And oh, so okay. I will talk about the Royal Rumble and what I thought of that. And we'll be also talking about... I saw three movies, Tim, since the last time I saw you. Okay. The Marvels, Migration, and Wonka. And if you want to hear about what I think about all three of those, you can if you'll stay tuned. I also saw some TV shows, Tim. I know you did too. But we both saw a documentary on Netflix called American Nightmare, which we would highly recommend you watch. But if you want to hear our thoughts on it, make sure you stay tuned for the after show. Well, Tim, this will wrap it up for the regular part of the show. And we want to thank all of you guys for being here tonight. Hopefully you will stay for the after show here in about five minutes if you're watching this or if you're tuning in live. Uh, and we'll discuss all the topics you want. But if this is your exit ramp, we want to thank you for being here with us tonight. We will do our next show in March, first th Thursday night of the month. And Tim, there are actually five Thursdays in, in February. Who would have thought? Wow, that's crazy. And it's because... 29. Right, it, because the first falls on, <laughs> on Thursday, and then the 29th falls on the Thursday. Interesting. So we actually have five weeks till the next live show. That's It'll be after <laughs> Tim's birthday, but we'll still celebrate Tim's birthday then. So I will sing my presents for you till then. <laughs> so Tim's birthday show next month. And Tim, the April live show falls actually on my birthday. Oh. So, which oh, is cool. interesting. So we will be doing it then. But <laughs> hopefully you guys will be back with us in March when we do our next live show. Remember, first Thursday night of every month, most of the time. Most of the time. Most <laughs> of the time. At 5.30 p.m. Central Time. We hope to see you back here then. So again, stay tuned for the after show. But if this is where you're exiting, we're glad you're here with us tonight. We look forward to seeing you next month. And remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when you fix the game, you play the game. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the after show, or we'll see you in March for the next live show. Take care. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.